0: Many people have problems with art and not with reality.
1: So why is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your right? head.
0: Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it.
1: Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ondo. So... This week we have the second and final part of my conversation with Mikkel Bo, the director of the Danish National Gallery of Art here in Copenhagen, also known as the States Museum of Art. As you heard in part one, he's an engaged and enthused director, and in this part you'll hear a little bit more about the challenges and compromises one must make in a position like his. He also has some really good advice for you young artists out there, so uh, definitely stick around for that. What else is going on? These uh, these are grim times, gang. I can't really seem to shake what's going on out there. The Danish state looks about ready to seize valuables from refugees. This is perhaps the greatest embarrassment I have ever felt as a person partially of Danish descent. My, uh, my prayer from my lips to God ears is that the politicians look inwards and um, face whatever darkness is in their soul, they face it straight on instead of pointing it at the people who probably need help the most in this world right now. Did you guys read the uh, UN report came out recently about Iraq, about the slavery of over 3000 people by ISIS and the forcing of children into being soldiers? That's what these people are running from. So for the love of God, have some heart. What else Oh, right. 61 people own half the wealth in the world. (laughs) Is that what capitalism and democracy has brought us? Huh? I'm no bleeding heart liberal, and I'm certainly not a communist, but uh, something is not working over there. At least we can hope those 61 people uh, patronize the arts. Right? All right, all right, all right. I'm done shitting on everything. There are positives... This show continues on. Mikkel was kind enough to share some time with me, and I get the privilege of sharing that with you. And if that wasn't enough, already next week, we have another great show lined up, all for you. All we ask is that you share this show with others. We love shout-outs on social media, and we are working out a system of rewards for those who help us out. So, uh, you know, and it's a free show, right? All right, all right, all right. I'll shut my trap. Please enjoy the second part of my chat with the great Mikkel Bo. Well, I mean, you're starting to draw a picture of someone who's not afraid of a challenge, of hard work. Of, mm. You know, and I guess that speaks to you know. People say that it's not a job if you love it right if you find the energy Mm. because you love doing it it doesn't feel like work then and then the fact that you're sitting there at 10 o'clock at night instead of being in bed you're writing a paper Mm. uh you know if you didn't love it then it would be terrible it would be hell on earth absolutely
0: i I do that not because people are asking me to do it but because it gives me it gives me pleasure it gives me a a joy a professional joy Mm -hmm. and uh and makes it worthwhile going to the office uh, the, the, uh, the following morning. Because I, 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 you could say that that research and writing papers and essays, uh, for me that's uh, a constant reminder of what, what it's all about.
1: Is it ever too much? Do you ever uh, feel overwhelmed?
0: Oh, yes. It is sometimes too much. And, uh, and then I try to gear down if it's, uh, if it's possible. Uh, when, whenever it's possible, I try to gear down. But uh, yes, I sometimes feel it's, it's too much, and you know, very oftentimes it's of course out of your hands and out of out of your own uh, out of out of control, you mm-hmm. uh, know, in, in a way. But uh, but but uh, but all in all, on an annual basis, uh, it's uh, there is a balance, uh, also a work life balance. Mm. But I, I would say that uh, I couldn't have done this with uh, with small kids
1: back home, and now my kids are. Uh, independent or that uh, helps yeah mm. but is is that stress ever related to a sense of responsibility do you ever yeah. look at your position yeah. and think oh my god what am i doing here at the helm of this enormous ship
0: um, i wouldn't say that i feel uh, that i have a feeling of stress uh when i think of the responsibility uh, i acknowledge and i i uh, i totally accept the uh the challenge and the responsibility that I, I have as a director of the of the the largest Danish uh, art art museum, but I also um, know the stress is merely uh, time, a time a matter of time. It's time pressure, yeah. and that's probably also why it's it's not stress in the in the uh, in the technical sense that that, uh, that I can't sleep at night. I still sleep like a child. It's not stress in the sense that I I uh, I become you know sick. Uh, but uh but sometimes i sleep uh, uh, i don 't sleep enough uh, i because simply because i 'm busy doing other things, but then yeah right. uh, I have the weekends uh, and uh, so so no it's it 's not the responsibility per se it 's it 's more the uh, the amount of tasks and the and the uh, and the many things that I involve myself in yeah. often because
1: i I uh, I can't uh, can't help yourself. uh,
0: I can't (laughs) help myself.
1: No. (laughs) Well, I mean that's the best kind of uh, person for the job, really. Mm. As much as it may feel like it's a little too much at times, Mm. Uh, I have the same tendency. I undertake too many projects because there's too much cool stuff to do. Yes, really. And this is our life, Mm. and this is what we have to do. Do you feel at all like um, you know, like because of the fact that you're administrating? You're frustrated that you don't have enough time for curational work, for research work? Or well, I guess what I'm really asking is how much time do you have for curational and research work? Uh, it depends, really.
0: Uh, it depends on uh, how I prioritize. Um, you see, being a director of an institution uh, this size, we are some 185 uh, staff members. Uh, I have... I have a sub managerial level of six uh, heads or six uh, managers uh, um, leading uh, each their area mm. research conservation uh, communications uh, mediation uh, and so on administration it's a kind of it's a big machinery and even if I actually there was uh, 3 months before I I, uh, I began as a director uh, where the institution was was run by those six managers without any director. There was a kind of... Uh, acting manager or acting di- director, but that was the head of administration, uh, and uh, and of course it worked. I so mean, the machine is it works. so uh, the machine works. It's it's a, it's a well-tuned machine, and even if I if if I was in hospital or fly, flew to the moon for half a year, there would be a museums. There, there would be a museum. There would be activities, exhibitions, uh, publications would be published, and so on. And that's the uh, the. Uh, the funny and also as a director, a little bit scary thing about it that uh, that you you know that in a, in the long run, uh, an institution like that can't do without a director because the institution would have absolutely no face. Right, uh, there would be no direction, or there, there would be many directions. There would it would at a certain point come to a standstill. It would uh, have a hard time uh, developing itself uh, and develop in uh, international and national relations. There would be no fundraising. Uh, and so on and so forth, and and you would need a direction. A kind of yeah, what director gives is a direction. Uh, but uh, but it's it's running uh, nonetheless. Uh, yeah. The
1: machinery is running, which gives you some freedom to
0: choose. It gives what me freedom. That's yeah. Uh, that was your question. Sorry, uh, I have a freedom to to pick uh, the areas that I that I want and to prioritize. Uh, this area, it 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 can it can do without my. Uh, interference for a number of months right. or even years. Right. This area needs my close attention, so I'll delve into that or I'll give it my full, you know, attention for some time. It's, it's not just a free choice, of course, uh, but I can choose to, as, as I've done this, uh, this uh, f- summer and, uh, and uh, fall uh, uh, season, I've uh, managed to curate an exhibition and to write a book that will come out uh, uh, as a kind of, uh, not a exhibition catalog but but it will accompany the exhibition what's what's the show uh, the show is uh, is called closer uh closer intimacy is in art it's uh, it it tries to map the history of uh, the representation of intimate space oh. from uh, from around uh, 1730 to the beginning of the 20th century it's really a a history of of uh, of intimate space and intimate relations intimacy as close relations between people as as relations between people the way we relate to things things that we are very familiar with that we that uh, that we are related to in terms of body and uh, and mind and uh, and and intimacy also as uh, as the uh, as the intimate sphere of the family relation between uh, parents and children and so on and how uh, modern art from the uh, from the early 18th century has gradually kind of absorbed this or, or turned its attention towards this uh, this new historically new uh area that that uh, the intimate and private sphere is mm. so um this is actually an old research uh area of mine uh and uh, it, it's an uh, aborted uh, old aborted, re- aborted research project that i took up again when i got the opportunity to make an exhibition so uh fantastic yeah it wasn't it has been a fantastic opportunity it's
1: completely outside what you need to not need to be but what you've been hired to do right it's not it's not part of your job description
0: it's it's uh technically or uh, strictly speaking it's not part of my job description but then again my job description is very open Hmm. and and um uh, leading a museum and uh, 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 making the muse- a museum what it is in terms of attracting uh, the audience and uh, inspiring the, uh, the staff to make uh, whatever they can, make them a great effort to, uh, to develop the museum, is, is, uh, is a kind of open, open challenge. And there are many ways of doing that. You can do it, on a, uh, uh, if you think that's the right thing to do, on a purely administrative level. Uh, and then leaving the, uh, the, the inspiration, the direction, the strategic work to, uh, to a kind of sub managerial level. Mm-hmm. Uh, that what's, that's what some, uh, managers do or directors do. You can also be, uh, try to be an inspiration or set standards. And that's, uh, that's part of what, what I do, of course, in close collaboration with my, with my staff. Mm-hmm. So, um, for me, it's, 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 it's about being, uh, making the job as interesting for myself as I can, while at the same time uh, creating the museum that that I, I want it to be, and um, and um, curating an exhibition and uh, writing a. a Catalog paper or, or a whole book, as I did this time. Uh, I couldn't possibly do that every year, but maybe every fifth year or every tenth year. Right. I don't know uh, what what my time will allow for. But is is from my for, from my perspective part of that job, making it interesting for myself, making it stimulating, but also being uh, representing the museum as uh, as a um, as an actively engaged, professionally engaged director. So part of my job I think is also being uh, the public face of the museum. So I actually uh, take great pains being being a public figure that is um not you know like wilma dance or something like that uh that's that's not really my my cup of tea but, oh, boo. Uh, <laughs> come on <laughs> next on. year you'll be there <laughs> what do they
1: call that show in english it's yeah, called, uh, it's, a, it's a bbc i think It's a uh, dancing show a dancing show where yeah public figures dance yeah that's <laughs> eh, probably not the best you see uh, you probably you,
0: i <laughs> my guess is that you won't meet meet me there on the dance floor <laughs> uh
1: but uh but being a public figure being uh, being visible being an ambassador really yeah being an ambassador yeah right is that part of your vision i mean are you able to to say what your vision for the museum is for the next let's just say 5 or 10 years it's hard to be that specific but uh, but yes
0: uh, my vision for for the museum is in uh, put in very general term is, is to to make the the museum a a a place to uh, to uh, to enjoy and get knowledge uh, uh, about art in the 21st century. But, you know, most museums would probably say that. So to be more specific, I would say that being a museum that has a, a 24-hour presence, that is not only present in the opening hours, uh, which are getting fewer, I'm afraid to say, because of cutbacks, uh, but also uh, in uh, after hours uh, with an... Uh, uh, digitally accessible collection, a collection you can um, you can work with, uh, where all uh, uh, all the works we have some d- two hundred fifty thousand uh, art uh, works in our collection. Um, you can work with the with high resolution images, uh, do with them whatever you want without any restrictions whatsoever, um, and a museum that that uh, that not only. Uh, feeds the audience with the uh, new knowledge about what's in the collection and make great perspectives and openings into that collection, but also an institution that receives from its audience uh, uh, ways of uh, new ways of looking at and dealing with and engaging in in artworks. Mm. So a more dialogical uh, uh, institution. We are on our way. We are in process, but there is still some some hills in front of us and a hill well us.
1: you've done a lot of work also as I was saying earlier before we started with uh, audience development yes with trying to bring people in mm. uh, is that a specific uh, kind of pet project of yours the audience development and the relationship to the community at large? I would say, yeah, it, it has become a pet project.
0: Uh, it uh, actually, it was there already. Hmm. Uh, many of the things I'm talking about, and I, I also say this in deep acknowledgement of my my uh, very professional staff's uh, engagement in, in the museum. That that some of the things I'm saying here and part of my vision is a vision that's designed. It's not, you know, springing from my uh, my forehead. It's 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 a, it's a um, uh, it has been developed by the institution by the by engaged staff members uh, and uh, and my job is to to synthesize uh, these visions into a clear vision and to and to make it happen and audience development is something i I must admit i didn 't know much about uh, being a higher education person audience development wasn 't really part of my my uh, professional scope before mm-hmm. I came to the museum so I learned a lot and there was a steep learning curve for me in, in terms of that but I also felt a kind of natural I must say so spontaneous uh, attraction towards uh, audience development maybe uh, no i i i don't know really why but but it 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 feels uh it feels to me like uh a uh not a totally new child that i haven't uh handled before but like uh yes of course this is a natural thing to do right. uh this is a natural consideration it's a it it comes like a uh part of the, the workflow that has become mine uh, so, thinking research is not something totally different from thinking audience development its it 's not like two different uh, silos or areas that that uh, that happen to to meet on my uh, on my desk it 's a uh, there is a there are open doors between these areas communication research conservation audience development i think uh, working with uh, with young uh, with kids and young people i think this uh, uh, all this in a way comes together uh, as uh, not in you know one crystal clear vision but, but they but they they uh, these are, are areas that in my mind and, and in my daily work merge and and, um, and are very uh,
1: natu- that naturally converge right well, on the ugly side, I'm sure the state also requires that you guys keep an eye on your uh, attendance numbers. How many people are coming? How many, you know, if less and less people came every year, that would be a sign of a problem. Yes, it would. Yeah. And that's, that's both fortunate and unfortunate. I mean, it means that you have to think about exhibitions also as will people be happy to see this, or will it only bring in the arts crowd? Yes. And the arts crowd, of course, wants something a little more edgy, a little mm. more experimental, yeah, yeah. but right. a Picasso show is going to bring in those numbers. You know? mm.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's the, uh, that's, that's one of the, uh, one of the, um, the challenges or the, uh, the balances you, 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 you need to find as a, as a public uh, art institution today, uh, and uh, as a museum, uh, we have an obligation, and we have also a, a vision. It's part of our vision to to reach as broad an audience as possible, broad not o- not only in terms of of uh, uh, countries, but also in terms of uh, social and cultural background, uh, economic background. We don't want to be a museum for for the uh, for the selected few, as it as it was, uh, you know, 50 years ago, uh, or when it opened to the public uh, 150 years ago uh almost 200 years ago actually um we wanted to be a kind of a popular institution but not popular in the sense that we uh that we are seeking the uh the um uh, the broad denominator or or that that we are we are seeking to make um, block box buster exhibitions that for you know at any price attracts uh, the crowds
1: that's the problem
0: uh yeah so um so i i i I totally acknowledge and understand uh, and and can without any trouble int- integrate into my vision the uh, the um, the ambition to to attract a broader public a broader public and to 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 get to have growing uh, attendance uh, uh uh numbers but um but it's also and it, or I would say it has to be counterbalanced by by the other part of the vision, which is being a research institution, uh, a uh, uh, that is that uh, that is um, yeah that uh, compares itself with the with the best
1: institutions in in other countries. Uh, that's absolutely right to be internationally like, known. You have to be yes. an international quality research center.
0: Yes, and and that's also why I uh, I don't um, enjoy. Uh, uh, the uh, the the competition of being the biggest museum or having the uh, the biggest attendance numbers. Sometimes we are being compared with Arras or uh, uh, Louisiana, which for a set of reasons have more uh, uh, attendance than we, than we do. I couldn't care less. Yeah. I must say, seven hundred thousand at Louisiana, that's fine with me. We have four hundred four hundred fifty thousand. I think it's fine. Of course, we would like to have more, but I don't want to uh, compete. Uh, in audience numbers, because there are other things, accounts for, or there are other uh, ways of, uh, what's the technical term for that? Uh, I'm thinking of the, a- accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and there are other uh,
1: parameters of success. Well, that's um, a completely fundamentally a different institution. They are a privately yes. owned arts institution. Yes. You are the state's stance you know Mm. the state's archive of art yes in a lot of ways and we have a huge collection we have a huge obligation
0: uh to uh, communicate that collection to develop that collection to uh including making research in that collection so uh, most of my academic staff, staff members have 50% or 30 to 50% research time, mm. so it makes it into a, a completely different uh, institution. We have a we have a huge uh, conservation um, uh, obligation, and I'm saying obligation not in the in the sense that I feel my shoulders are weighed down, right. but uh, but it's part of the uh, it part it's part of our it's part of our vision as well, and and to and to share the results of right. that, and I think it goes without saying, or it's in a way. Uh, quite um, understandable that that uh, a a museum like luciana that makes uh, uh 7 to 10 or maybe even 12 special exhibitions many of them block 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 box exhibitions every year will have a higher attendance than a research based museum uh, that make historical exhibitions uh covering 700 years of art but of course i would love to have 1 million visitors a year no doubt but
1: uh, but there are other things uh there are other success parameters sure what about the role of the state i mean again now you've worked for the state both at Mm. the art school and now here at the museum yes are are they giving you a lot of freedom or i mean because right now it's really you know we were talking about earlier there's a lot of problems with cutbacks there's a Mm. lot of problems with uh politicization of the state's role in art, I guess it was always political. But I feel like there's been more peace at other periods mm. in time mm. with that part of the state. Mm. Uh, you know, now it's more of a, a up for public debate. What yes. art is for? I know recently there's been a series of articles about who gets state support and is that for the people? You know, this mm. populism idea about support and all mm. that. Um, what well, well, What's that like for you being in the middle? Uh,
0: it's it's a hard one, but I, but I think it's a good question. Um, maybe I've been so many years uh, in in state institutions. Uh, I also include the university there, which is also a state university. Uh, so I've spent my whole professional life in state institutions. Uh, so maybe I'm I'm like the like the tiger in the zoo. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how the life is outside the. Uh, right. But yes, I I do know what you're what you're hinting at, and I I. I sometimes do feel the, um, that we are, for better and for worse, um, doing a state institution a politically uh, determined or politically uh, directed work, and, and technically we are. I mean, there's, there's no way, uh, there's, there's no denying that, uh, that we are politically uh, steered institutions. And uh, as a state institution, reporting to the uh, to the Ministry of Culture and to the Minister of Culture, who changes every yeah. couple of years, who changes every couple of years, with a change that does not have any influence on the on the uh, on the vision of the museum. But then again, there there can be some. At every time we have a new cultural minister, there there's a slight change of tone, uh, change of interest that that will affect us. Uh, uh, and at least I, I will have a new boss every time, even though it's the, it's the head of the ministerial department. That's my my uh, uh, my superior, yeah. and not the minister as such. Mm. But um, so uh, so uh, no matter how you uh, how you put it, we are uh, we are politically uh, steered, uh, but we are also very free in that uh, sitting in that uh, in that m- uh, ministerial uh, framework. I mean there is a fundamental freedom in in having been granted as a director and as an as an institution the obligation to take care of and to make to do research in a in an old royal collection uh, that was handed over to the state in the uh, in the mid 19th century um, there is a fundamental freedom in in uh, having as a director of such an institution 185 st- uh, staff members doing basically what you want them to do um, of course, it's a it's a um, there are fixed tasks uh, goes without saying. But so I, I don't really f- feel torn between uh, between the um, you could say the uh, the uh, the political part of it, the uh, the state part of it, and the and the art part. There are some there are of course uh, some dilemmas and there are uh, com- compromises. Uh, you can't do whatever you like. But I, I, must say, compared also to what I hear from 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 colleagues in other countries, I think I have a, I have a quite big degree of a uh, big degree of freedom mm. uh, in uh, as an institution and uh, and in my position as a director of that institution. I guess the
1: biggest problem is money.
0: The biggest problem, the biggest challenge these days, uh, are money. You could say there is a freedom, even as a state institution, it, it, in being granted a still substantial state grant every year. Uh, other institutions, and in the US, it's it's uh, uh, this applies to most uh, cultural institutions. I would say every institution, apart uh, apart from uh, from the National Gallery of Art in Washington, mm-hmm. that, that that they are not state funded. That's right. Uh, so they have to find all their money. But then again. U, the U.S. Uh, is uh, basically a f- uh, philanthropic culture where there is the uh, there are many more means uh, out there. Uh, uh, the uh, the degree of or there are more rich people, more b- bigger companies, and There's so on. There's a tradition of supporting
1: yes. endowments, and yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. and it's just another. And
0: there, loss. Is, there, isn't, there isn't so so the the um, the, um, uh, the the waning of the <laughs> of the welfare state or the or the, uh, the, the shrinking of the welfare state that we are developing these years in uh, many European countries, and the, and the, and the transfer from a, from a, a 100% state-funded uh, situation to a partly state-funded situation is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Because not only do we have to... Well, but, but, uh, as we cut back, we have to find other, uh, other uh, ways of uh, generating revenue and that's why we, uh, we, uh, we go to the state, uh, to the cultural ministry, and, and say, will you allow us to, to, uh, to take an entrance fee? Because we have to make our own income right. now that you are cutting back. Right. Uh, we have to think in more commercial terms, even if we like it or not. And, uh, and we have to, in a way, uh, develop a culture that's not yet there of supporting, of donating. And doing that is also working with the, the tax system. Because it's 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 uh, it's um, it's also a matter of making it attractive to donate. Ah, so that, that's why the, the tax issue is such a big issue. Uh, the fact that so many people donate in the U.S. is not only that there is a tradition; uh, it's actually a, a, there is a tax uh, redemption.
1: It's a write-off. Exactly, yeah. you get uh, actually hundred percent of donations yeah. yes. are exempt. Yeah. Mm. And uh, okay, that's interesting. So that's not the case here. Uh,
0: it's it's a it's not the case for private people, but it's the case for uh, companies buying art and and uh, foundations mm. supporting. Uh, maybe you have uh, followed the uh, the recent discussions uh, on on uh, tax uh, the tax uh, rules or the tax law for foundations private foundations. I haven't. No. The state, uh, the, the the annual state budget that has just just been uh, been um, uh, agreed upon, uh, has uh, a kind of a, f- a follow up of that state uh, uh, budget is uh, is a new law making it less attractive for foundations to support culture. Oh. So, uh, so not only are we being uh, cut in our state and uh, in, in our annual grants as uh, cultural institutions. Uh, there will also be less money out there in the private foundations that that we are dependent on uh, in the future if this law or this rule uh, tax rule is changed. That's really bad. So um, so we are being hit, you know, on both sides. Right. Slash
1: slash. Yeah. Slab, I mean, because that that's really um, problematic. Because I know I've talked to other people on this show who've been trying to develop a system of. Um, Of support. You know, there's also that tradition for individual artist projects. Mm. But say someone like Jan Vo wants to make a large project. It's going to cost several hundred thousand dollars. Mm. There's a tradition of private donations supporting projects of that scope as well. Yes. And uh, there's been some effort here in Denmark to kind of bring that into the circle as another funding opportunity. Mm. I think maybe it goes back to the fact that Danes are very used to the state supporting things and that's where you go to get support mm. um, but that seems that's dangerous true. i mean you mentioned earlier you're a fundraiser so is a lot of that trying to find private most
0: of our fundraising efforts uh go into raising uh f- funding from foundations okay these you know classical foundations uh uh, based on fortunes generated by uh, cigar, uh, cigarette companies, things like that. Augustinus Fund, the right. uh, Obelske Familie Fund, all those. Uh, New Carlsberg Foundation, that's beer. Right, um, and they're big givers. They are big, and and they they were the first. Yeah, uh, I think the first uh, um, uh, general culture supporting foundation uh, uh, in Denmark. Uh, so the, they have been an inspiration to others. Um, But but we are developing also in the in the uh, uh, in in the light of of these recent cutbacks, uh, um, new um, uh, support schemes for private enterprises. Uh, We are going into uh, strategic uh, partnerships, things like that. It's new for us. It's also new for the for the enterprises. So we have to develop uh, to contribute to developing this culture of support of 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 culture support art support for the arts
1: right especially if the cutbacks continue yes do you and think I, they will
0: i suppose they will yes it's I'm been, the,
1: so. it's been the, the direction for the past mm. quite a few number of mm. years
0: and if you look to the uk i mean it's been a constant cutback since uh, thatcher
1: yeah maybe even yeah, earlier same with the us basically mm. yeah um you mentioned earlier your role, kind of internationally. How tight is the community of of international museum institutions?
0: It's it's loose and tight at the same time. You have your you develop friendships, uh, you develop professional relations. Some of my uh, uh, curators have very close friendships. They may have done research together, uh, collaborated in making curating, curating exhibitions and so on. On a director's level, uh, there is a a quite uh, close community. It's not a family, you know, because there are so many museums and, and the uh, the international organization uh, ICOM that organizes and set up meetings for directors and and other museum staff members uh, counts like 30,000 uh, museum people. That's so it's worldwide. A, it's worldwide and it's it's huge, you know. Uh, and uh, attending these uh Uh, conferences every uh, second and third year or third year uh, is like attending, you know, big uh, stadium uh, uh, rock concert or something, you know? So, um, so there are, there are smaller communities within that large global community uh, of, uh, of uh, institutions that work together. And uh, in the Nordic countries, I think we have a quite uh, uh, intense small community of four national gallery directors that meet, couple of times a year and uh, we exchange ideas and talk about you know personal and professional challenges in being director of a museum of that kind and so mm-hmm. on and so forth so uh, so we uh, you are very dependent on these communities and some of them are, are even personal close friends and some of them are just professional friends but these colleagues on different levels are extremely important mm. Uh, and they are also important in terms of uh, making it easier to um, to um, for for your uh, st- uh, staff members and curators to work together if if the um, if the directors are on good terms it 's much easier for your curators to work together of course because it gives a support uh, framework for their work and uh, and this is uh, yeah this is in many respects uh, very important so uh, so that's that's also what I do when I travel around and meet when i when I go to another museum, maybe to see a new exhibition at National Gallery. I oh. also try to meet some curators there
1: or hmm. uh, even to meet the director well you've been very generous with your time. I'll let you go out of here in a second, <laughs> uh, but I do want to bring it back all the way around from the top to, you know, maybe the bottom, are you also paying attention to what's happening at artist driven spaces at, uh, at new galleries at, the, you know, at the bottom level where the students are coming out of the academy, the young people are starting things. Yes, I am. And yet my time is limited. Uh, I,
0: I would like to do it much more than I'm actually able to do it right now. Uh, I try to do it. It's, it's typically on Saturday mornings. I uh, I go by bike around in Copenhagen and see small exhibitions and shows. And I think actually it's uh, it's not just because I've been a, uh, a a dean at an art academy and have a kind of uh, heart for for that uh, and a passion for for uh, for young up and coming artists, uh, but also because I think as a national gallery you you uh, you have to uh, to have a uh an, an open eye uh in in that direction uh, not that we necessarily buy things from from very young artists very often but uh but we have to uh, uh, we have to be aware of uh, of uh, of the most recent tendencies uh and I have curators who are uh, aware of course, but also as a director i think it it, it gives me a sense and a feeling of uh of uh, of the of the art community um. Uh, around me, the, the, the lively, and sometimes we d- we do even uh, invite young artists to come and make uh, uh, performative guided tours or to make interventions in the collection and so on. So uh, and and without a, a knowledge of of that uh, area and that scene, uh, uh, it it wouldn't be possible for me to to um, to open my my institution uh, to that uh, generation. Mm. But uh but my time is limited and uh and it's it's all too often that I that I get an opportunity to see I miss so many shows. Yeah. Um I know they're there, but uh and I I try to come but uh but it's too often that I miss them. There's a lot
1: of spaces too. There's yeah. a lot going on. Yeah. Out. Yeah, it's a very lively scene. Yeah. Do you have any advice kinda to wrap it up for these young artists who eventually one day hopefully Get their foot in the door show with you uh, you know these guys that you used to guys and girls of course that you used to be the Dean for what do you tell them getting started
0: uh, it's not often that I have an opportunity to, to, uh, to talk to all of them uh, especially since I, le- I left the uh, the Academy I, I'm afraid I don't have the attention but but now uh, um, uh, I would I think I would tell them uh, never stop working Never stop. Uh, never. Uh, um, uh, even though there are so many disappointments and it's it's so difficult to make ends meet uh, uh, in uh, in an art world with uh, with little little money circulating, uh, it's extremely important that you just keep on working, keep on working, keep on working have a daytime job and work as an artist at night or the other way around. And if there is something you are proud of, something you want to show us, then come. Actually, one of my curators told me that that she, uh, uh, being a curator in, uh, or a keeper in the drawing collection, uh, uh, as a young curator, a lot of the young artists came to her, showed her portfolios and things. Young artists don't do that anymore.
1: They're terrified.
0: They are maybe terrified. They are shy. They are whatever. They should come to us more often. Uh, not, expecting, not expecting that we, we will buy or, right. or purchase their works, But just keep us informed of what's going on Especially those many, many uh, uh, interesting artists that, that are not in, in the uh, big galleries And that are not being supported by, by galleries They are kind of below the radar of institutions yeah. Of larger institutions And it's very hard to, to get in touch with these uh, artists So come to us, send us material That's, that's my message
1: I am uh, fast. I think that's great. I think that openness is absolutely amazing. And uh, that's also, you know, you were open enough to come here. So uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Thanks for the invitation. It was a great pleasure. All right. That concludes our talk with Mikkel Bo. Thank you to him for generously using his time with us. And thank you to the institution he works for, SMK. And of course, thank you to you for listening and sharing this episode with your friends, families, and enemies. If you guys could do me one favor, I promise I'm going to do it too. Let's all just take a moment to write to our politicians and ask them to please not steal valuables from people who have been forced out of house and home and uh, desperately need some help right now. I feel like that's kind of the least we could do. Right. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Undergang Armchair. Intro and outro music was kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by CSIS. You can find links to their music and tons of other conversations with great people on our political ally of a website, undergang.net. The show is produced in part with the kind support of the Danish Arts Council. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back already next week.